0: Welcome to Weekend Coffee Girl, the podcast for thought-provoking chat over boozy coffee and stiff pours. It's been a minute, and I have been really busy, um, busy traveling, (laughs) busy working hard, uh, busy traveling, busy working hard to pay for the travel shenanigans, as well as pay that tuition bill for the adult child. And I have never stopped writing for this podcast. I simply have not made the time to record, but here I am. And I promised myself when I started this podcast that I would never talk about sports and politics and religion and current e- current events because you can get that con- kind of content anywhere. And it's, I mean, it's very much a part of my life, but it's not something I want to talk about. A couple of episodes back, I share with you guys that how the news cycle just seems to suck the life out of any given situation. And I gave an example about my mom, my daughter and I at Walmart and my daughter and I are just enjoying this group of folks in this Dodge Challenger making a, a video for their song in the Walmart parking lot with like some iPhone. 12s or something. <laughs> and then my mom is like, breaking news. Somebody got killed. My, my, my. We are enjoying these people. We're trying to figure out if it's a rap music video. Is it RB? Is it like, what what, what is going on? Because they're all in the car. And all they're doing is like hanging out the windows and the sunroof. And you could see them lip syncing. But of course, we couldn't hear anything. And that's why I did not want to talk about sports and politics and religion and current events because I recognize how it sucks the life out of you at any given time. I was recently at home, my parents' house, and I was like, Ma, you got to turn the channel. Like, I've heard these news stories like 12 times already. I've been here for two hours. Can you please... So let's say she turns from NBC to CBS and it's the same shit with a different spin. And I'm like, oh, please, please. I didn't come here for this, but she she eventually turned um, and it was we watched something else. So that's why I did not want the podcast to be about those things, because you can get it anywhere. And once you got it, it's in your soul. And it just kind of takes over you. And I just really hate that feeling. By no means am I implying that current events and news and things are not important. But it's the angle. It's the depth. And it's the frequency that drives me crazy. Now, everybody thinks, you know, with with the growth of social media and having a platform and a space to say the things that you want... All of us feel like we are newscasters. We're journalists. We report anything. Case in point, Sean Kemp. Everybody was out to hang this man three or four days ago that he participated or he orchestrated a drive-by shooting. And then there was some, I want to say his name, Peter Vesey. Maybe I, I got the name wrong. I don't really give a shit. But I saw someone post, well, so-and-so said back in the day, this guy was nothing but trouble. And uh, the way that people just post and don't think, they don't take ownership and responsibility of the words that they're putting out. And the content that they're putting out scares the life out of me. So I saw for days, folks were all over Sean Kemp, only to find out the truth. He was not charged with anything. He was a victim. Are y'all okay? So I call it shade room journalism. That shade room journalism will fuck you up every single time. It'll get you. It will get you. I stopped following the shade room years and years ago because I recognize that there is again, a responsibility to put out ethical and truthful information. And if you don't have it all, you probably shouldn't say anything, but that's not the way the, the world works right now. We want to be first. I don't like that. And I, I just, I personally, personally don't like it. And when it's done, right, it's okay if it's your favorite platforms doing it, but when it's you know, a a, a a viable news source, and I'm air quoting the word viable, news source, and they mistake Aretha Franklin for Gladys Knight, and everybody's upset. Or they, you know, have a story where they say, former convict convicted of 22 murders help save people in a burning house. Why couldn't it just be a local man saved a family from a burning house? Why does his background matter so much? But then you guys get mad at that, but you don't see how harmful and damaging using platforms like the shade room can be to your psyche. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to get political, But this episode really is a political episode and it's very opinionated. It's going to sound like I'm finger wagging and I'm shaming people, but I absolutely am judging your critical thinking abilities. You guys get on social media and use a different set of critical thinking skills because these can't be the same critical thinking skills you use at work. When you make all of these deals and these mergers and create all these plans and process improvements and write SOPs and save the day. It can't be. And we all love a little guilty pleasure, mind numbing entertainment. But I really, really wish folks would stop and pause for a second. The young lady That was murdered in Mexico. Folks made so much of a big deal about her going there for cosmetic surgery. As if people don't travel the world to go get cosmetic surgery. It's not a new phenomena at all. But there were a lot of people that were coming dangerously close to implying that this woman was killed because... She was going to get a BBL and therefore it was her fault. Are y'all okay? But this is the same mindset that will say, why are poor people, why do they have iPhones and Air Jordans? They need to be working on improving themselves constantly. Huh? You can't have a little sun, a little fun in the sun. You, you can't, we're, we're, we just can't have one thing that we enjoy it could be a gift. It could be something that a person saved up for. It really ain't your business. So let's get into this episode. Again, I said that when I started this podcast, I was going to talk about love and sex. And you know, I love to talk about sex. You know I love to have sex. <laughs> and and music and travel <clears throat> and just Fun things that will keep conversations light and funny and deep and helpful and a good exchange of ideas and beliefs. That's why I started this podcast. And I for three years, I've stayed away from politics. But this particular Thing is driving my soul and my chest absolutely crazy. Whenever I hear this person's name, I am instantly transformed into a place where perhaps I'm being a little too judgy, but I'm really concerned about the way people process information. So Hearing this person's name and wishing that he was shut the entire fuck up sometimes. And the way people talk about him, so many people have so many different opinions about him. And I wonder well, damn, he came from this place, but the entire state as a whole, are you guys at all? Aware of the things that go on in this state? I'm talking about Deion Sanders in the state of Mississippi. When he left Jackson State to go to University of Colorado, I get why some people were upset. No dispute there. Absolutely no dispute there. I get why some people were excited for his growth. They understood Or they appreciated, or they just marked in time the indelible things that he did for the school, perhaps for the city, for the football team, whatever. I'm okay with both perspectives. Doesn't bother me. I lose no sleep. What bothered me is the length at which people went To express their thoughts. It made me think well, damn. Do y'all know any of the other things that go on in Mississippi? Because Sanders got a lot of smoke, but Brett Favre didn't get the same amount of smoke. And he did something far more worse than leaving a job. He stole $5 million. Maybe stealing is not the right word. He was given $5 million from a place that he should not have gotten the money. And in true privileged fashion, when he was called out for his bullshit by two people, what did his hoe ass do? He decided to sue them. But let Brett Favre show up to an NFL event. You guys are going to be clapping And, oh, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Remember when he did? Fuck out of here. He stole $5 million. Or he was given $5 million from funds that were supposed to better the state and the people of said state. Are you kidding me? Somebody help me help me. Uh, This bothers me. It bothers me. These cannot be the same critical thinking skills you guys use at work. It can't be. Y'all not using these same critical thinking skills to do homework with your cheering? are you? You just, I, I, I can't. So here are some things about Mississippi that hurt my soul. And I wonder, and by all all means, I truly understand that two things can be true at the same time. You can express disdain for Sanders and his departure from Jackson State and donate money or water or resources or drive people to the voting booths. I, I, I get all you can do all of those things at the same time. And probably everybody in the world, except for me, can multitask. I cannot multitask. Why? I am driven by a sense of completion. So as I complete one task, it fuels my motivation to do the second task. I don't, I don't multitask well, but I understand that people and two things can be true at once. But what concerned me goes back to what I said about the news cycle, the length of time that was used to discuss Deion Sanders' departure. The depth and the different opinions just kind of drove me insane. So let's talk about Mississippi. Mississippi has health challenges, high premature death rate, High percentage of household food insecurity. High prevalence of physical inactivity. And you know what happens when you are physically inactive. 50% increase in drug deaths. 49th in healthcare access. 49th in healthcare quality. 49th in public health out of 50 states. They are at the bottom. Mississippi ranks the lowest in health care. Are you kidding me? The worst state, according to unionleader.com, Mississippi is the worst state to raise a family. Mississippi House has approved the creation of a new court system in which judges and prosecutors would be appointed by state officials who all happen to be white, not elected by the people of Mississippi. That is extremely dangerous. What it says to me is if I look at everything in totality, which is something that I absolutely try to do in all things, Mississippi has a well-known history for racial terrorism. The governor of Mississippi is the nephew of Carolyn Bryant. The woman who accused Emmett Till of something he did not do and it cost him his life. And she's still alive. Her nephew is the governor. Judges and prosecutors will be appointed by state officials who all happen to be white for the capital of Jackson. Jackson has the highest the second highest percentage of black residents among US cities cities I'm sorry The bill of course would need approval from the state senate and the governor to become law but it was overwhelmingly accepted by many people And of course Mississippi has a supermajority of white Republic, Republican legislators Okay, so let's talk about this a little more. This bothers me because, as I stated, Mississippi has a well-known history of racial terrorism. I am not inclined to believe that, at their core, people, gender, socioeconomic status, ethnic status, nationality, notwithstanding can't be good, fair, and equitable people. We absolutely can. Do we cherry pick when we are fair and equitable? Absolutely. What would it benefit Mississippi? In particular, Hines County, where Jackson County sits. Why would it, and it's the second largest Black city in the United States, largest Black population, rather. Why would... An all white legislator or an all white court system to include judges and prosecutors be fair and equitable to black folks in this particular setting. This is not created in any other county in Mississippi, it's only Hines County. The governor of Mississippi continuously calls Jackson the murder capital of the world. He says that of the United States, I should should say. He says that it's dangerous, right? Just Google any article about him and and his thoughts on Jackson, Mississippi. He is constantly speaking negatively about the city. But this is his city and his state that he has a responsibility to care for. He is not thinking equitably. You can't convince me that he is. So this court, this all-white court system is dangerous. I, and it's it's criminal and civil cases that are processed through Hines County. So you mean to tell me That the creation of this particular court system with all appointed officials in a city with the second largest black population would be fair and equitable in criminal and civil matters. I don't, I, 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 I don't see it. I don't see them acting, acting equitably. I don't see it. I'd love to see it, but I know better. Now, said governor, you know, Jackson has had a water crisis for some time now. And last year, there was a lot of talk about fixing the system and helping the residents. There were a lot of financial donations as well as water donations. Months have now passed. I haven't heard much about the donations, whether it be water or money. Everything has dwindled down. There are no volunteers. Now let's 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 take this a step further and talk about said governor. There is someone who is supposed to fix the water system in Jackson, Mississippi. This man states that he is not getting anywhere with the governor. Lieutenant Governor and Speaker of the House for the state of Mississippi. Ted Heffinen, third-party manager for the Jackson water system, says that the ongoing battle between the state of Mississippi and the city of Jackson over the water system is simply because they want to meet with him all the time. Why does the water manager need to meet with the governor, lieutenant governor and the speaker of the house? He says, and I quote, I don't need to be having those meetings. I need to be getting work done. It is sad that the capital city has such a sour relationship with the state. He said this at a symposium at Millsaps College earlier this week. Are you kidding me? But again, folks had think tank pieces for days on Deion Sanders. But there is no water. There is no safe drinking water. Mississippi ranks 49th in healthcare. Are you kidding me? I I, I... I... I'm really bothered by this. Um, I just don't think that it is... I don't think people see the harm the way that I feel as though they should and perhaps I could be wrong. But I don't think people see the harm the way that I do... And how we process the information, how we take these headlines and allow these headlines to take over our thoughts and just throw our critical thinking skills to the side. If you look at Deion Sanders, you know, he's moved on to University of Colorado. Great, fine, cool. But he's dumb and he says dumb shit. You know, you you left Jackson State on your own accord. Nothing wrong with that. But University of Colorado doesn't need uh, a band sound akin to the HBCU sounds. They don't. And it's insulting to even say that shit out loud. Just, sir, sir, that's not your area of expertise. To go even further, to say, You know, he wants certain football players, certain positions to come from a different, you know, different family dynamic, in particular, a single family, a single parent family. And you say this in front of, as we call mixed company, and they just to keep keying and laughing and falling out and clapping hands. And you, are you fucking serious right now? Are you serious? You couldn't think of anything else to say. You didn't prepare anything in writing before you got up there and opened your face. Are you fucking kidding me right now? But aren't you divorced from the mother of your children? I think what bothers me the most about that particular statement is the assumption that a lot of people make when it comes to single-parent families is that there is some type of disconnect, but the disconnect is negative. Two people really could decide to have a child together And not become a union And raise that child effectively It happens all the time And just because there are two parents in the home That doesn't mean that both parents are sharing the load equitably Nor are they pouring into the children equitably If you're watching BMF (laughs) On Stars, You have a great example of that How is it that these two young men from a God-fearing dual-parent family began to sell drugs and become two of the biggest drug dealers the world has ever seen. I wanted to just throw something at the TV when I heard Dion say that. And that's why I just want him to stick to his area of expertise. But of course, since he can't, And there is, you know, a news story that will come from asking him any and everything. The fuel, the fire continues to be fueled. in racial disparities and dog whistles and unethical journalism. And I just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I want so much better for us. And when I say us, you know the us I'm talking about. I want us to apply the same critical thinking skills to the way that we take on social media. I want us to call out social media pages and journal, journalist um, sites that don't show us in the right light. And I want us to put the smoke where the smoke should be. So let's recap. Brett Favre deserves all the smoke. The governor of Mississippi deserves the smoke. Deion Sanders, eh, maybe a light smolder. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just a clown to me. Um, I'm happy for his success. Um, I hope he goes to Colorado and does great things. Colorado is very near and dear to my heart for obvious reasons. Um, but other than that... I don't see anything more. And I think that it is okay to not like something but not have an opinion or to have an opinion that doesn't take you 12, 13, 952 posts where you're arguing in the comments with every single person and you have nothing but negativity to display. The Passport Bros... God, I love this whole phenomena of, of Passport Bros. Those of you that have ever spent any time in the military, you are familiar with the original Passport Bros. You're familiar with those officers and some enlist, enlisted folks who would go to, you know, Southeast Asia, they would go to the Pacific, and they would also go to South America. They would work with agencies to, um, find a bride. They'd bring these women back to the States and they'd show off their new wives. And some of the relationships worked and some did not. But when they didn't work, baby, they did not work. I promise you (laughs) they were terrible. They would come to work just like the dog had died because the wife ran off and left. Well, she got her green card and she left. And what did they do? Six months later, they go back they work with another agency they get another wife it's 50 50. sometimes it works sometimes it does not it just depends those are the original passport bros and again if you ever spent any amount of time in the military you know exactly what i'm talking about and if you and i served in a unit together you can think of two people off the top of your head right now that had several wives from different countries and they all ran off and left him after they got established in the States. I don't have an issue with that. What I have an issue with is the language and the behavior. If you are going down and you're trying to get a wife, I have no problem with that. Go get yourself a wife. Go get one. Go get two if you need to. Do what you gotta do. Keep black women out of it. And make sure that you understand that there's a 50-50 chance that this can work out much like everything else in life. Especially with relationships and and dating and marriage. All this shit is a 50-50. It could work, it could not work. It could work for so long and then one day it stopped working. But it's the language that we use and the length of time and the depth that bothers me. And I really want us to do better. I said I wasn't going to create content that talked about politics and sports and religion and current events, but this one I just had to because it was just, it was too much. It was absolutely too much. Jackson deserves better. The city, the university, Jackson State University. The state of Mississippi deserves better. And when I think about it and what I'm asking people to do here is put your blame and your frustration in the right place. You shouldn't have days and days worth of, of smoke for Dion, but you ain't got nothing for Reeves and you ain't got nothing for Favre. The same thing with Florida. Everybody was up in arms over BCU. But Ron DeSantis said, Hold my beer, and has been saying, Hold my beer, damn near every day this year. We are in the month of March. What concerns me most about Mississippi is it could be the flagship for other states. I mean, you know, the southern states and some of the northern states, you know, the Dakotas and Wyoming, Ohio. You know, they they live on some fuck shit. There's no other way to put it. If Mississippi successfully creates this court or official appointed court system, who's to stop another county in another state from doing the same thing? The water system is messed up in Flint. It has been for quite some time. Flint and Jackson are not the only places with aging water systems. They're not. Mississippi is not the only place with poor health care. Let's talk about Texas. I, when I lived in Texas, I love Texas. Um, I love Dallas. I love Houston. The rest of the state eh, eh, is different. Um, health care is very different in Texas. There's a 50-50 chance if you are seeking prenatal care and you are a black woman, you may or may not get adequate health care. Those are the things that concern me. And I worry for other people. I want my daughter, my daughter and I talk about this all the time. When you graduate from college, you know, I know you're going to have a lot of job opportunities, but I want you to pay attention to where you're living. Because if you live in a place that has laws that directly impact your life and it's a negative impact. Do you really want to live there? I'm trying to put this in her mind now and I truly hope, and we all kind of hope that, you know, the younger generation has the wherewithal to put all the baby boomers who are still fucking up this country and their processes and their beliefs in the trash. But let's not put all of our hope in that basket because. Ron DeSantis is a year younger than I am. Lauren Boebert is 36. Um, I love Double D Mova. She calls Marjorie Taylor Green musty Marge. <laughs> it cracks me. Every time I hear it, I fucking laugh. Um, she's late 30s, early 40s. J.D. Vance is like 38, 39 years old. I mean, it's really going to be a power dynamic that I truly hope our children will overcome so that we can live equitably. All of us. I, you know, I'm driving, I see these billboards with like colloquial sayings, things that we said in like the 80s, the 90s, you know, and it's their pitchy little catchy slogan for whatever product. And I'm like, It's funny to me because these things were not thought of independently. They were stolen. So our slang is stolen. Um, Our dance moves and our hairstyles, our clothing. I love to see people have this transformation of, oh my God, I just discovered this. But black girls and brown girls have been doing it for years. I'm always going to keep a pair of door knockers. It just makes me feel like an L.A. girl. And I'm totally okay with wearing them in a space that you typically don't wear door knockers in. I don't really care. You know why? Because I'm authentically me. And I've learned that people will listen to you. They may not comprehend what you're saying by choice, but they will listen. And it's, everything is just really funny to me. So I spent a lot of time just observing and just looking at everybody and wondering, like, did you think that through before you said it or did it? Did you blatantly steal that idea from someone else so you didn't think somebody was going to call your ass out? This is the world we live in today. I really want better for us. I want us to do better and I want us to think critically and deeply before we open our daggone mouths and not let the current event of the day turn into a dissertation full of shenanigans and tomfoolery. I said this episode was going to be judgy. I said I was going to be finger wagging. I'm sure that I was. Um, if you don't like it, you just simply don't like it. You can always tell me. I would love to have a conversation with you about my thoughts. And you guys know my thoughts kind of just go all over the place. And I truly try to think in totality and I love to have the conversation. So let me know what you think. You can tell me to kiss your ass. I'm okay with that. Um, And thank you for joining me on Weekend Coffee, girl.